Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Wing Cup makes it 5 from 11. Certainly a successful win in 2011. The car was great. And Bright takes his second. I don't think we could have won from 8th in Perth. And Russell tells us what he really thinks. Here we go, give you something to write about here, boss. <laughs> yeah, get your pens right. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Winton saw Jamie Wincup continue to dominate the series, turning around a disappointing Friday to take victory on Saturday for his fifth of the year. He then backed it up on Sunday with a strong second place, making it almost the perfect weekend. The car was great and... Um, unfortunately, we couldn't quite get uh, get Jason, but um, all in all, fantastic weekend. On Sunday, it was Bright who took his second race win from the last two events. We've had the pace here to win from eighth, which is you know, pretty awesome. You know, shows that we we're just improving all the time. Winkup, who has not been a fan of the soft tyres, said Triple Eight has worked out how to get some results on the Dunlop Sportsmax but he feels there is still more improvement in the car. You know, I just honestly think it's fantastic. I just, uh, it's good to see someone raise the level and something for us to chase, and we'll hunt, we'll hunt that down and try to find, uh, find how to make our car go quicker. And is Jason Bright the most confident man in V8 supercar racing at the moment? I think we can be strong on every single track. I'm really looking forward to, to, to sort of evolving the car a little bit more. I think there's still more in it. I think there's still more in qualifying. If we can qualify at the front and... Have an even better car than that. You know, we, we, we can win a few more races. Brett Jones talked to the V8 Insiders about the sale last week of V8 supercars and what it means to Kim and himself. Um, not a lot, to tell you the truth. Not, not much is going to change. I mean, you know, our, our dividend is going to drop significantly that comes into us each month. But um, uh, hopefully what it means is there'll be better governance. Dean Fiore was happy with his position in the series with the sale now complete. It's all for the benefit of the championship going forward and and I'm all for that. We still retain a a fair chunk of it um, and it doesn't, you know, diminish our our appearance money, which we rely on heavily, um, too much. We asked Fiore if it was the best business deal he had ever done. Yeah, my old man shook my hand, (laughs) that's for sure. Paul Morris did not think much would change for his team with the sale going ahead. You've got to put it into perspective, you know. There's, you can't have a profit without taking a risk, so it all depends what you paid for them, what your capital gain was, and what you spent servicing them. So um, 
everyone's everyone's individual circumstances would be different, but you can never go broke making a profit. Russell Engel had hinted that he would not be racing when the car of the future arrives in 2013. A comment on that, I might not be around. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is that? Can we can we quote you on that? You'll be done before 13. Well, I'll see what it looks like. If it looks like a dog, I'll leave it to these guys. But <laughs> oh, no, you can go for that, guys. Oh, is, is there? Hang on. Is there a car of the future? Can anyone tell us? Because no one tells us. Typically, everyone seems to be mushrooms in this category. Is there? Oh, we have a representative of our supercar yeah, straight yeah. up the back there, Kyle. Is there a car of the future? There's two car of the futures. Great. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me when my mates are instigating it? But anyway. Ingle was outspoken last weekend about drivers not having formed a driver's association and that... When you compare the AFL Players Association and what they have achieved for the players to the drivers, they have really missed the boat. I think the basis of what the AFL do is very good. I think they look after their players very well indeed. And I think that role model would be very good. So probably you have to jump on a website and have a look and see what they're lobbying for for the cut of this new $1 billion plus TV rights deal they did. And uh, I'm sure that's probably along the lines we should have been following. Should have. Obviously, it's too late now, or the rest of it. But then again, the TV deal is about to be renegotiated pretty soon. So, man, like I said, when you turn on the TV, yeah, you see the cars, but you also see our lovely faces as well. So, that's just my opinion. We'll have more from Russell Ingle and some of the other drivers and owners in next week's White Flag Lap. Stephen Johnson told the V8 Insiders that his fitness campaign is about to hit another level as he prepares for the Enduros. Had a, a fairly intense start to the year with my training with my diet with everything um the diet that i'm doing you can only do for a certain amount of time so i had to drop off that diet and go back to a normal sort of a diet for a period of six weeks to stabilize what the trainer says to stabilize your body and right now uh, since just before perth i'm back onto that diet and and heavy i was training anyway but up in the training again so um, i mean even since perth i've lost another three kilos and i'm on the next phase of the weight loss and hopefully that phase will get me down to you know um, my goal weight, which is sort of um, you know ninety odd kilos, which is sort of pretty light for a guy my size, yeah. you know. So um, you know, and hopefully I can get down there sort of by you know by Townsville. Um, that's my goal. Lee Holsworth has had an up and down season. On Saturday, he was once again on the podium, but he's still not sure of what it will take to be there on a more regular basis. If we knew, we'd do. <laughs> we'd be able to fix it, but um, our cars just don't work on the low grip surface. Um, tracks, you know, the, the abrasive surfaces, no good. Um, that's why we're always pretty strong at straight circuits. So uh, I probably think it's in the shocks, but, um, you know, that's something that we really need. You know, we're working pretty hard on. So um, when we put our finger on it, then uh, you'll see us further up on those low grip surfaces. But unfortunately, you know, the, the tracks like Phillip Island, um, we sort of know already we're going to struggle. So um, unless we do something about it, uh, before then, then uh, we are going to struggle at those tracks. So to the points now and after 11 of 27 races, Jamie Wincup is on 1,234 points. Craig Lowndes is on 972 points. Garth Tander on 935. Jason Bright on 920. Shane Van Gisbergen on 913. Rick Kelly on 887. Alex Davison's on 825. Will Davison on 813. Stephen Johnson on 808. Mark Winterbottom is in 10th position on 797 points. Winterbottom announcing this week that he has secured TIAC as a personal sponsor for the next few years.
Stephen Johnson, interestingly enough, in ninth place, has got 75 penalty points. He is the only driver with points penalty in the top 10. Brad Jones Racing and Ford Performance Racing cancelled their planned testing at Winton this week as both teams were looking for better weather conditions with the series heading up to Darwin and Townsville in their next stops. Have you checked out the latest innovation that crosses the magazine to the digital world? It's in the current edition of V8X magazine. Find out about Digimark and watch the pages from your favourite V8 Supercar magazine come alive on your handheld devices. V8 Supercars have apologised to their fans on the TV coverage over the past rounds on their social media Facebook site. They said, To all V8 Supercar fans lately have been significant number of comments regarding the broadcasting of V8 Supercars. We read all your comments and want to assure you that our goal is to make the fan experience as enjoyable as possible. Unfortunately, over the weekend, a scheduling conflict with the AFL on Sunday meant Seven's telecast of the race was delayed in parts of Queensland and in Adelaide. Due to anti-siphoning legislations, a race must be shown on the broadcaster's primary channel first unless an event has been delisted. We have been working with the Communications Minister on this and, in fact, the Sky City Triple Crown Darwin and the Sucrogen Townsville 400 have been delisted, which will allow Seven to accommodate those races on their digital channel. We wish to ensure you that we are working with Seven on future schedules and will keep fans updated. Jonathan Webb and Mother Energy Racing Team will open its doors of its new facilities in Queensland next weekend for the public. It's on its Sunday, June the 5th at 11am till 3pm. That's Lot 7, 22 Eastern Service Road, Stapleton. Fans are invited to come along for the sausage sizzle and giveaways. A car show will be presented by Sunrise's Melissa Doyle and a range of companies will also have stands and products on display. Entry is via a gold coin donation which will see the money going to V8 supercar driver Jason Richards. That's all the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, we check in with the rookie year of James Moffat and then later we hear about the road to Le Mans for Craig Lowndes. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's time for a look at the rookie year of James Moffat. And once again, he joins us on the line. Congratulations, Top 10. And you're right on the heels of your illustrious teammate this weekend in Sunday. Oh, thanks very much, Craig. My second Top 10. I uh, finished ninth in the first race at Hamilton. Yeah, it was nice to get another good result for the team. And especially, you know, to have both cars um, in the Top 10 on Sunday was uh, was a good reward for them because uh, they did some fantastic pit stops 
during uh, during the weekend, and um, it, you know it's always good to to finish the weekend well. As you're going through the year, we mentioned about the differences in the tracks, but what about the differences in the people you're meeting with Winton? It's one of only two tracks. Winton and Bathurst that people can camp at. Is there much of a different atmosphere and a different type of spectator that gets there and meets up with you? Yeah, it is really. You know, Winton's always been um, been a track that I enjoy getting to because you know the fans up there are, are really passionate about about the V8 supercars and, and, and the racing. So, uh, like you said, it's one of only two uh, tracks around the country now that people can camp at. So um, it's always good to see the campers getting amongst it and um, you know they get right behind it with uh, with their campsites and, and setups and all that so uh, it's it's good you know for rural, rural Victoria obviously um, with with Winton being out near Benalla so uh, they always get a good crowd out there no matter what the weather is so sometimes the weather can be a bit dodgy out there but um, you know the, the fans really get behind it which is always good to see. What about when you're in a country track compared to being in a city track? Is there less of a demand to do after race functions and to do functions for sponsors? Yeah, certainly that's probably you know one of the um, one of the things when you when you are racing at it at at Winton. Um, you know the, the PR schedule is is usually not so um, hectic for for a weekend at Winton as it is you know opposed to you know, a street circuit like Clipsal or, or something like that. So. Uh, yeah, a little bit more downtime for us drivers and, and not as many appearances um, in between sessions. But, you know, having said that, we were still still busy over the weekend with autograph signing sessions for um, for DJR teammates and and, um, and all those types of things. So uh, we're always kept pretty busy by the team on, on the sponsorship front. So uh, it's obviously um, very important that we do that because, you know, without the support of all, of all the great sponsors that we have, like Jim Beam and, and Norton and Toshiba and... And forward, of course, um, you know, we can't go racing. So Steve and I are always more than happy to um, to help out and, and when it comes to, to doing sponsor appearances. What sort of atmosphere was in the team Saturday night, Sunday, after Steve was on the podium? Look, you know, the team is, um, is really working well together. Um, it's sort of been well documented, I guess, that the team went through, um, you know, a an ownership struggle towards the end of last year you know Dick sort of pulled through that and showing everybody that he's a fighter and and uh you know there were a few key personnel that left the team at the end of last year but we've been able to recruit some really good people um in you know our new team managers from England his name's um Malcolm Swetnam and you know he's made a, a massive difference to um to the team so it's probably been a, a case where you know Steve probably should have had a couple of other podiums already this year if it had not been for um, you know a couple of things not go his way um, through some of the races. So it was it was nice to see him get up on the podium because uh, you know he was uh, obviously quick throughout the race and um, you know I know he's, he's you know really motivated this year and and we're working really well together and getting on well and you know he's been uh, been a big help to me. So I guess. It's always good when, when you know, you, you see a result, um, even though it was it was from my teammate. Obviously, I'd love, love to be giving the boys a podium as well, but um, all the guys back at the workshop, all, all the mechanics, all the engineers, you know, they've been working really hard, so um, it was a good result for them. And how do you, now that you're getting those top 10 finishes, you've had your top 10 qualifying, obviously success breeds a desire for more success. 
Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, it's just, it's always good for the confidence when you have a good run, but, um, you know, we, we didn't probably qualify as good as we, we um, should have on the weekend. So um, that probably hampered, you know, probably even perhaps even a better result, especially in the second race. So, uh, you know, it's nice to sort of uh, prove that I can run up the front of the field or in the top 10 at least and, and um, you know, hold my own. So uh, we're always looking for more as race drivers. So you're never, never really satisfied unless you're on that top step of the podium. But, you know, realistically for us this year, top 10 results um, um, are, are a good thing, you know, not to be sneezed at for us so uh, we're just sort of I guess really working on trying to always be um, in the top 20 if we can and then um, the next step from that is, is being inside the top 15 and and uh, top 10 results are I guess uh, a bit of icing on the cake if, if, if you like. Well James it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and look forward to having a chat with you after Hidden Valley. Hopefully uh, we've got more of the same to talk about with a couple of top 10 results up there, Craig. Speak to you then. Look forward to it. Plenty more after the break here on the V8 Insiders. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Race Facts, it's Tony Whitlock. Good evening, Tony. G'day there. And joining us from the Muscle Cars magazine, it is Luke West. Good evening, Luke. G'day, Craig. Hi, Tony. Hi there. Guys, an interesting weekend to uh, wrap up Winton this week because we saw some great results from a number of different players. Of course, Jamie Wincup is there and thereabouts with five wins from 11 races. But Luke, I think everyone was just taken aback by the way that Brad Jones Racing and Jason Bright have really done such a splendid job working through the difficulties of their season and coming up with now two race wins. Yeah, one is uh, you can fluke one, but you certainly can't fluke two. So well done to the Brad Jones Racing crew. And uh, clearly, Jason Bright is um, reaffirming himself as the supreme uh, car developer in uh, the V8 supercar paddock. It's interesting, Tony, because uh, fundamentally, we're talking about a Walkinshaw package, which Wally Story is engineering there. When we look at Walkinshaw Racing, though, that's, uh, well, left a lot to be desired. The one thing about uh, HRT is that at least they're not FPR in their results. Yes, indeed. Interesting how HRT, <coughs> for the last three events, have taken till Sunday until getting the right scenario, because now three times in a row they've been on a podium for the uh, second race of the weekend. But the, the, the fascinating part about, of course, the bright... Uh, Phil Keed combination is they've done it now in four teams, is it? They did it at FPR, they did it at PWR, um, and, uh, and of course, uh, here now at Brad Jones. Mm. 
it is an interesting combination and it does highlight, Luke, that dynamic between engineer and driver. Yeah, they're like that uh, furniture retailer that uh, calls themselves the package deal kings, aren't they? Uh, and it's good for Phil Keed, isn't it? Uh, good generally for the engineers to get some recognition. We put so much focus on the drivers, but uh, it's more than just the stars behind the wheel. And uh, you know, clearly chemistry, like any sporting team, is so important. And those blokes have popped up at BJR and... Um, Brad and Kim Jones have been struggling away for God knows how many years. What, they've been about 11 seasons in full-time V8 supercar racing and they've finally, you know, hit the purple patch. How long does that purple patch last for, Tony? Oh, I think it can last quite some years. I mean, in, obviously in the case of uh, uh, Cup and Triple H, it's been going for four years now. He, uh, interestingly, for the last four years, has flatlined, that is, he's led from the start until the fourth event for the last four years, even though he hasn't won the championship each year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I see no reason why they can't keep it going because there's enough soft tyre events. You know, they had another, another gear, shall we say, in that car number eight. And that's something that Jamie was quite uh, spoken about, outspoken about on Saturday too. Luke, well, on Friday that, even, he made mm. mention of it. And he knew full well. I mean, Brady should have won on both Saturday and Sunday in Perth. It was only a, a uh, pit stop gaffe on Saturday that didn't see them win. Of course, uh, this is a different format to what we saw in Perth. We went from three sprint races in inverted commas, inverted commas to the more... Uh, regular two-race format, Luke. But uh, it was amazing that even Jamie Winkup said what Bright has done with the soft tyres and what Brad Jones Racing, BOC Gas's team, is doing with the soft tyres is a step even above Jamie Winkup. That's a big call, isn't it? So, yeah, look, we all got to the point where we thought, oh, geez, who's going to be Triple Eight? You know, remember early last year, this time last year, when they were on their hot streak moving from the Ford to the Holden and uh, they dominated the early season. We got, oh, no one's going to catch these guys. It's going to be like this from now on. The best drivers, the best uh, engineers, the best funded team, most uh, well-organised mob. But just goes to show with the mix of winners we had this year that nothing is predictable. It's great stuff at the moment for the V8 supercars. Mm. Well, of course, the other thing is that it's only the second race, or no, third race this year it has been won from outside the front two rows. Uh, and it's the furthest back anybody's won, um, well, since Webby, of course, um, last year at Homebush. But, you know, that's one of the things that's been really de- destabilising in many ways, that it's only the front two rows that have done all the winning. Mm. I guess it's one of those things where we are really this year more than any seeing people really developing strategies that are working probably the reverse to what we've seen previously where they're trying to stay out as long as possible, risk the penalty of a safety car, but get those good tyres on as late as you can so you've got the most speed to charge through the field. Yeah, it's been rare in the past, hasn't it, that he who gambles has come up and won. It's usually the safe strategy in V8 competition that's been the winning strategy. So it's refreshing for those blokes taking a bit of a punt that uh, you can actually come up trump. So it's good that 
should see other people uh, be prepared to take the risk. Of course, it's the law of averages, so we'll go back to the point where it's, you know, the, the safe strategy is we've just got to run of these sort of more surprising yeah. results, if I can put it like that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a combination of things. One is there's more cars finishing races this year. Each year, you know, the car has improved in terms of more cars finishing races, less DNFs. And that's a combination of, A, I believe very firmly that, you know, obviously the reliability of the cars, because they're made to go a thousand k's, but B, the education of both drivers and engineers. Less mistakes being made. I mean, in Perth, everyone knows of the sand. Everyone knows there's going to be a safety car if a car goes off, but guess what? They just didn't happen. We didn't see those situations over there. Um, you know, safety cars are far less frequent this year than they've been in some years. Mm. And the racing hasn't suffered from it, which is no. one of the main reasons why people say, you've got to get the safety car out. We don't need to bunch them together. The competition regulations seem to be doing that for us. We talked about Jamie Wincup's consistency, and there's another man we need to talk about consistently, consistency, unfortunately, consistently bad results in that is the defending champion james courtney he is having a shocker after such a bright start tony at abu dhabi his qualifying average last year was 6.5 to this point in the series this year it's 12 i mean that's the starting point you know where they're you know qualifying in 20th and 22nd places for the year that just you're never going to get anywhere and of course he's been involved in too many incidences bending the steering arms and as a result, you know, having to pit and stop and fix it. So until he gets, or until HRT get the qualifying. Now, obviously, Scott's got a Scott Sinclair, his engineer. They've got to get on top of it. But clearly, Tanner's not as well. But, you know, it comes back to there's a lot of unrest at HRT. And it has been for Let's so many years. Let's have a look at the two drivers within that team. You've got Tanda, who, yeah, he's had some dud qualifying results and hasn't been able to get that speed out of the car, but is able to grind away a win. And uh, Courtney just hasn't been able to do that in the sense that when he's down and out or when everything's not going his way, um, Tanda can come up with something, but James tends to be embroiled, tries too hard or whatever's going on there, just can't grind out that result like Tanda can. It's an interesting one. And one stat that I know, Tony, you pleased one of the drivers, namely Stephen Richards with, was when you told him he has the average, the best average start so far of the season qualifying. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed, yes. Um, look, the series just gets closer and closer. The engineers learn the cars. The cars become more reliable. Um, is, uh, is that going to change? No, it's not going to change. Um, you know, the series is strong and as strong as it is because... You know, that, that uh, the two and three car teams are the ones that, that rule the roost. Certainly single car teams just find it very tough to try and eke out an existence back there. But, you know, the, the good keep on getting better. Mm, interesting point you raise as we go to gas and go, Tony, is the fact that Brad Jones Racing now is a three car team, the difference between them and all those years of suffering in the mid-pack. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go time here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. Make sure you check out the brand new technology of Digimark, bringing a handheld appliance to your favourite published magazines and crossing that digital divide. 
Gas and go. Tony Whitlock, what was the value of the photos of Jason Bright and Jason Richards on the podium last Sunday? Showing human face uh, in any sport, any endeavour is fantastic and certainly great uh, for the series to, to have that and obviously enormously important for the Richards family. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Jason's got two little girls who probably won't understand all the battle that's going on with his mother and father to try and overcome the uh, problems that they've got. But, yeah, enormous for the series to actually show that. Luke? An acknowledgement, too, that Jason Richards has played a big part in getting uh, Brad Jones Racing up to where they are now. He's, you know, he's clearly a very stable guy, a happy bloke. He's added to the team spirit and has played a big factor in a harmonious team that is going great guns at the moment. Mm. Tony Whitlock, who are the winners and losers of the sale of the series? Well, I'd say um, the biggest winners will be the fans because there'll be 18 events by 2013. So they'll have more to watch on TV. I mean, I, for years, have listened to the people, you know, 18 years of covering it, listened to the people complain about it. I mean, the series when I started was nine rounds with the Enduros not part of it. Now they're going to be 18 international coverage there'll be uh, going to some great venues um, in India probably and, and Shanghai and Singapore and things like that so uh, the fans will be the biggest winners the team owners obviously um, they'll get a cash injection enough there to, to make it reasonably um, comfortable for them to be building their new cars um, certainly the people at SEL uh, are not going to be uh, in the day to day running but Cochrane will uh, I think the series all round will be a winner. Okay, Luke? Well, I can't really add much more to what Tony's just said there. You know, winners and losers, well, who knows on the losing front. It's really only one mob that's forked out big time and, um, you know, we'd all like to think that the, the series is going to get bigger and better and keep growing and so hopefully they will be the, the big winner. Mm. Now, Luke, who was more embarrassed from this weekend's events, HRT or FPR? <laughs> Tie for dead last, really, isn't it? Tony? Oh, well, I, I mean, HRT edged their nose in front uh, only because, yes, they got to a podium. Uh, FPR got a pole, but that's not worth points. Um, oh, look, you know, FPR just keep on under-delivering, and uh, its its consistency is and an under-delivering is extraordinary. Mm. The, the, all the elements are there to be doing it, um, I just think they need to start kicking more ass internally and more blokes getting kicked when they don't get results. A bit of pain and anguish on some of the, the staff members there. I'm not wanting to be mean and vindictive about it, but if people aren't performing, then they need to be bloody relieved of their position. Mm. OK, Tony, whilst you're on a roll, who was the best of the enduro drivers on Friday's practice? Oh, look, it's, as always, it's difficult to judge these things because of tyres. But certainly, um, you know, Jack Perkins showed up well because uh, he, uh, he has certainly come on driving in the development series and, and doing a bloody good job. Um, there are, you know, a number of them. Certainly Jason Richards wasn't uh, anyone to be... Uh, one of the interesting things was it was Scapey's first run on a soft tyre. He was quite shocked. Mm. at what it was he didn't he didn't know he hadn't felt it before so he was in a real education on that thing Marcus Marshall was the quickest of them um and you know that that should be the case he holds a lap record at that track for Christ's sake mm, yeah Luke do you have anything to add oh, only that um I know who I want to be who I want to be the uh, best of the enduro drivers and I want uh, a Bathurst 1000 win for 
the two Jasons, Richards and Bright. Mm. Of yeah. course, uh, Nathan Pretty did a lot of work to that uh, Gulf Western Oils car. Unfortunately, it still didn't help it up the uh, grid, did it? Whose fault is it? when a driver can't find his way to the podium. We saw a number of fines across the weekend, Luke, for drivers who went through the pits, not straight up to the hill, to salute the fans. <laughs> uh, it's such a minor point, I reckon. I mean, who cares? But I've it costs some money. Sorry? It costs no, no, some money. It costs money. They're all suspended fines. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a pretty minor thing at the end of the day. It's, uh... Yeah, it, it held things up momentarily, you know. Um, uh, you know, with the unique way in which, the, you know, the pits are removed from where they hold the podium. Um, you know, Brady hasn't had much experience going to podiums in recent times. Look, even Jamie Wincup didn't make it on Saturday, so, you know, it's, it's you know, a minor thing. Mm, that's guessing... More important is it was great to see drivers not wearing sunglasses in front of a television camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's guess and go for You're just jealous because you don't have a sunglass deal. Like oh, you you're back right, in the, you're right. The, the uh, uh, um, grass sunglasses uh, from Chemist Warehouse. Is, uh, they're on the phone to you right now. They want to do a deal on their uh, $10 shades with you, Tony. That's guess and go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X magazine. Log on to the official V8X magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. After the break, there'll be plenty more, so stay with us on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as we're joined by Race Faxes, Tony Whitlock and Australian Muscle Car Magazine. I hope I get the title right here, Luke. I hate to get it wrong. <laughs> That's right. I want the PR benefits, the publicity benefits, Craig. No, you're right. Australian Muscle Car Magazine. Where are we now? Do the country and non-event, and I have to go invent in inverted commas, tracks, have a place in the championship? Luke West. Of course they do. I mean, look what Winton dished up on the weekend. Not only uh, an interesting, exciting race on the Sunday, but all that rustic charm. It services a market, which is the... Um, the camping the in sub... live in <laughs> Melbourne. It's only two hours away, so they can get up and watch the race. And it services that whole Albury-Wodonga and northeast Victoria market and long may it stay. And it adds flavour. We couldn't... I would hate it... V8 supercars to be like Formula One, where half the tracks are on the tilky rings that all look the same. So uh, I like tracks with character, and uh, long may those Aussie ones continue. Mm, Tony, NASCAR, Formula One, they've all gone to sort of a cookie-cutter formulaic-type racetrack. I think there are a couple of things that really made this series in recent times. One was getting rid of rounds, so they became events, 
and that splitting the races so that, in fact, they became uh, longer races um, with very few... Perth was the only exception this year without just having a single race per day. And I think one of the great things about about the series and the character of the series is that there is such a great variety of tracks. And that, yeah, I mean, Witten's not one of my favourite places. It's only a two and a half hour drive from me from home. No aeroplanes involved. But I, I don't enjoy it because it's... Uh, but I recognise that it's part of the character of the series is to be at that sort of a venue. And it's great for country people to be able to go and have an event of their own. Mm, it is interesting to see how the series will flow and develop, but it is one of only two racetracks where campers are allowed, although I say that and I remember that they did allow camping at Phillip Island, but I don't think it's caught on the way that the people do embrace the Winton campground. Guys, what role do V8 supercar drivers have outside of the car? And Russell Engel made some interesting comments, Tony, on Friday about, uh, well, about life in general, but more particularly about a driver's association and, and drivers one missed out on and two are constantly not being informed about. Well, I mean, the fascinating thing is, of course, um, he, he made mention of the AFL and their Players Association. Well, they're in fact at odds. He, he is under the belief that they were all, you know, great mates and all working well together and that um, the uh, Players Association are going to pushing to get a percentage of uh, the $1.2 billion. Well, they might be pushing, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, the great difference between the drivers and the players in AFL or even rugby league is there's only 28 of them versus uh, 800 or whatever. And so the numbers are vastly stacked. Uh, in the, the drivers have to do a lot more in the way of appearances and all those sort of things. Each individual driver, because of the small number of them, because of the size of the budgets these teams work on, they've got to work out. I mean, in Russell's own case, my own belief is that he's getting the lion's share of the super cheap money. So I'm sure he's quite happy with the arrangement he has in place. It's an interesting... Yeah, I've got two points to make. Firstly is that, well, is Russell trying to give himself a job, you know, as the uh, administrator of a driver's association when he hangs up the helmet? be it at the end of this year or next year it's going to be soon and secondly it's funny that the timing of the statements or the discussion at Winton because I remember probably three or four years ago something like that um, walking into Winton's media centre and the geography of that is that you walk in past the um, press conference area and walk upstairs to where all the computers and the journalists are and uh, I remember three or four years ago, all the drivers meeting, and it was uh, conveyed, uh, convened rather, by Stephen Richards, and all luck that was going to happen. And of course, the drivers couldn't agree on the finer points of it, or uh, no one put their hands up. Didn't happen. The bottom line. So I think the horses bolted in that regard. But the role. What role should you think they play, Luke? Well, I think there's a safety role. Definitely, like some sort of safety committee with the drivers. And beyond that, every man for himself, quite frankly. Tony, I had an interesting point. We do have to wrap this up, but I had an interesting point draw, brought to my attention. Why do drivers continually go to tracks for practice days if they're so concerned about safety when there isn't even an ambulance there? I agree totally. That's not the case at um, Queensland Raceway. They do have an ambulance day for their test days. Um, but it is at Winton. 
multiple test days. I don't know last week, for instance, when the uh, 14 cars were there may well have been an ambulance done for that day. It has changed in recent times. The interesting thing is this Drivers Association, or it's the third time since I've been in the series, the third series time, the last time, as, as Luke talked about, was about four years ago. Previous to that was about another five years earlier than that. So that they keep on talking about it in the same way the Grand Prix drivers have an association. I think there is greater work done in recent times because people like Mark Scaife are involved in track safety and car safety. Mm. Of course, uh, I think timing, Luke, your question was heavily based on the fact that Russell actually got himself to a press conference. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. He he did introduce himself, or maybe Phil Brannigan introduced him to those journalists who didn't know this chap who won a championship a few years back. Yes, it was a quite humorous uh, tay-to-tay there, as it was on the V8 Insiders this evening. Luke West and Tony Whitlock, always a pleasure to catch up with you, and I guess everyone's going to be a lot warmer at the next V8 Supercar event because it's in Darwin. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Indeed. The White Flag Lap is up next, and we find out more about Craig Lowndes' road to the 24-hour at Le Mans. I hope you stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, we catch up with Craig Lowndes, who is currently in Germany pursuing his sports car dream. I spoke to Craig at Winton and asked him if the road to Le Mans started at the 12-hour race at Bathurst this year. Oh, look, the, the dream has been on my mind since HRT Day, so 14 years or more. It's, um, but, yeah, you're right, since the 12-hour this year, it's, it's probably become more of a reality because of uh, the connection we have with Audi. Um, they were sort of searching to, for a driver to come and be part of their two-car team, which is uh, obviously what uh, my involvement was uh, at the beginning of this year. And since then, we, we impressed them. We've got a great relationship with them, and uh, we're moving forward with them. So it's uh, things that uh, uh, go in the Nürburgring is a start of hopefully so many races we go back for. It's, uh, it's never going to be a, a, a full-time gig for me, but um, definitely Le Mans, Spa... Nürburgring 24 hour the, the longer races is, is something I really enjoy that's why I love Bathurst here it's something that I uh, um, wanted to be able to get my teeth into and haven't been able to up until now What do you think is the realistic goal for a sports car GT career for Craig Lowndes? Mm, probably if, you, if, you, if you'd be able to do one or two or maybe three races a year it'd be probably the, you know, the, my main objective obviously is to do V8 supercar so that, that's never wavered or never changed it's just a matter of seeing what's in, uh, what I can do in between races that, that uh, you know obviously is something that we've got to keep looking at and uh, of course with, uh, with the future of V8 supercars if they, they ramp up their interest in uh, 18, 19 rounds a year which of course uh, the gaps between races become a lot smaller so uh, there's, there's things like that we've just got to keep into account. But uh, at the moment, certain races like the Nürburgring um, fit into our calendar, and which is fantastic. Le Mans features into our calendar. But to actually get uh, uh, teams interested in it is, an, is another thing. And at the moment, we've got team interested with Audi, but uh, you know, getting the opportunities to get the, the space between races is, is our next problem. How important was having that first race on a track that you knew like the back of your hand to be able to show what you could do? 
Oh, it, it was always going to be more important to be able to do that. You know, uh, Mark Bassing and uh, the other guys that ran the out, the other Audi struggled a little bit, and of course they didn't know the track, and, it, and it's going to be no different to when I go to the Nurburgring. Um, but they progressed. They 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 didn't do anything silly. They they brought the car home. They they were faster at the end of the weekend than they started. So, you know, teams are realistic, and they just got to obviously see what uh, what ultimate goals that that uh, they can put on drivers, especially ones like ourselves that we knew the circuit. Well, they expected us to go fast, and which we did. Um, but ones that don't know the circuit, you got to wait for them to progress and, and, and see how fast they learn. And, and that's that's my stage at the moment next week. But uh, um, I think it was it was it was definitely the the, the, uh, the biggest opportunity for me to be able to obviously open up the door back in Europe again uh, to have that twenty four uh, to have that twelve hour race. Sorry. My thanks there to Craig Lowndes, also to Luke West, James Moffat, and Tony Whitlock as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.